0: Hey, everybody, welcome back to another episode of the Catholic Talk Show. Really excited today. We're going all around the world. Best Catholic travel destinations worldwide.
1: Yeah, we're taking you everywhere in the world. We're taking you to a church made completely of bones. We're taking you to the churches where all the apostles are buried. We're taking you to the largest church in the world, which is somewhere where you would never guess. And we're taking you to some amazing locations. So grab your
2: walking stick and your prayer shawl. Sit back, relax, enjoy the show, and let's take off. (laughs)
0: All right, guys, my bag is packed. I'm ready to go.
1: Uh, i really like i really like
0: some of the uh destinations here (laughs) prestige worldwide (laughs) yeah Yeah, that's your that's your side travel agency right yeah Yeah, just putting you know putting it out there for everybody in case they want to go to some of these places you can call me at (laughs)
1: prestigeworldwide.com goodness me yeah yeah this is gonna be a fun episode we're going all around the world and we're going to see some really cool things. We're not going to see them. We're going to talk about them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But, you know, use your imaginations, kids. I can do that.
2: Oh, absolutely. Guys, we're
1: here at the U Catholic
2: studios, and we are so happy that you're joining us again for another Catholic Talk Show episode. This is going to be a great episode about travel. We've all had privileges of traveling to some of these destinations. But why don't you travel to catholictalkshow.com, make sure that you're subscribing, and make sure that you're sharing the show. You know, we need you to be able to spread this good news that we continue to build our community online. If you could support us, go to patreon.com forward slash Catholic Talk Show. That's a great way that you could support us and help us grow the show. And certainly follow us on all of the social media platforms Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and we'll see you there. We'll
1: continue this journey together. And where are we flying to first, Ryan Shield? Yeah, so the first place we're going, and, and this is for you, and this is kind of the idea behind the episode. Um, is the Camino de Santiago. You're doing that this summer. Do you want to explain what that is? Well, I'm, I'm so pumped because Focus Ministries
2: reached out to me. There was a, one of their executives was at a mass out in California when I was studying in San Diego, and she reached out to me online, and then she's like, you know, would you be willing to be the chaplain oh, cool. for Focus Ministries? We have a, a big pilgrimage going. But the crazy, cool. the craziest part about it was I felt like deep in my soul, like I was, I was really praying. I've always wanted to go to the Camino. And everything was lining up for this summer. One of my priest's best friends that I'm, I'm with at a parish currently, Father Peter, at Resurrection, he was like, you know, Rich, you've got to go to the Camino. He came back That's and he's cool. like, you've got to go. It's one of the most powerful things that he experienced in his priesthood, in his life. And he's like, I'll even pay for it. That's what he said. He's like, wow. I'll pay, you go. And wow. then not a week later, I get, I, I get contacted by Focus missionaries. Wow. And um, so, I mean, just God's hand was all over it. And this is one of the ancient pilgrimages that were mandated by the church for a great majority of the years. One, Jerusalem, Rome, and then the the Santiago Camino.
1: Mandated? Yeah, it was it was required that once in your life that wow. you would do one of those pilgrimages. So now for a little context. Now, the Santiago de Compostela mm-hmm. is a pilgrimage route that's been going on for hundreds and hundreds, <laughs> yeah. thou- thousands oh, yeah. of years. Yeah. Thousand, well, yeah. almost thousands yeah. of years, uh, to the tomb of St. James the Apostle. Right Now, according to tradition, uh, after the Great Commission, St. James spent time preaching in Spain. Mm-hmm. Uh, then ultimately he went back to Jerusalem and was beheaded there. But uh, some of the early Christians uh, took his relics and interred them in Spain, right? Where he preached. Where he mm-hmm. preached. So throughout the Middle Ages and continuing to this day, um, people have been taking this pilgrimage. That's a, a series of paths, a long pilgrimage route with all sorts of stops and, mm-hmm. and
2: hundreds of miles, right? Hundreds like of miles. Like, oh yeah. And there's even a way of St. Francis, and the way of St. Francis actually starts in Assisi, mm-hmm. <laughs> and you could walk that path. So, that's, so you, that was the confusing thing. You can go from Italy
1: from France or Spain. There's a lot yeah. of different ways. There all is. roads lead to
2: St. James. Yeah, and and that was the that was the confusing part for me when I was researching. I'm like, what? what path is it you know so i'm like i'm trying to find like and then you you discover there's tons of ways so it's wherever you are living you walk from where you're living to santiago de Compostela. wow Wow. so that that was the the history of the pilgrimage but now there's been like you know you think of where people walk and you you form that path through the dirt and type of so like for years and years now there's like distinct paths and you know there's
0: shells along the way and whatever. And Hostiles. have you have you guys
2: have you ever guys entertained the idea of doing like one of those pilgrimages? Yeah, like especially one of points the points
0: I wanted to make when you were talking about yeah. your experience uh, leading up to this this mm-hmm. trip this summer is that a lot of a lot of pilgrimages that I hear about from people, a lot of these places that we're going to talk about. There's a there's a, a, a there's a yearning for people to go, but there's also a calling, right? Mm-hmm. Like you're you're experiencing something before you mm-hmm. go, oh, right? Yeah. Like you're experiencing now. It's mm-hmm. like, you know, he's telling you you want to go, you get a call from somebody a week later. So um, I've experienced that in, in going to Our Lady of Guadalupe shrine, but you mm-hmm. know that's a that's a really important thing. The journey starts when you kind of initiate. The journey
1: it. starts in your heart, Ryan. <laughs> it,
0: yeah, it's <laughs> true though.
2: It's it's a spiritual encounter with this call. Like you, yeah. you're called to a specific location of yeah. pilgrimage, and that's the most important thing to hear that and to respond. Yeah. I think of Medjugorje. How many times have I've been called to Medjugorje or Our Lady of Gu- Guadalupe? Yeah, it's it's evident because everything clears in my schedule. And it happens. Opens up, it yeah. opens up, and it and it just happens. Yeah, and, and that's really the best part about it because you know that God is going to speak to you on the roadways of pilgrimage. For it's sure, it's amazing
0: too. Because I'm thinking, like, okay, you walk like a hundred miles, mm-hmm. or eight miles, or twenty miles. You can kind of pick what, what, whichever distance you mm-hmm. start from. Oh yeah, but it's like it doesn't sound like it's. Yeah, there's like special.
1: There's like white teas and black teas. <laughs> for tea boxes. Like how 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 much of a Catholic are you? Oh, well, you're starting from the ladies' tea box. It's right? like, <laughs> like three blocks away. <laughs> no, but it is. It's the journey, right?
0: Yeah. So and and I don't know what it is about it, but it's it's uh, powerful.
2: It's, a- it's true, and and for for me, some of the greatest insights that I've ever received from God have been on pilgrimage. Yeah. And the things that I've learned, you know, according to the faith, you know, it's been driven into me very deeply <sighs> just by way of
1: pilgrimage, for sure. Yeah. So some really cool things mm-hmm. kind of came out of the Via Compistola. Um So one of the early proponents and one of the ones who really helped make this a very widespread devotion was Pope Calixtus II. Mm-hmm. Calixtus? And Calixtus II. Okay. Yes. With an X. With an X, right. Mm-hmm. So he wrote a whole book detailing all the routes, um, that really served as a guide for people wanting to take this pilgrimage to see St. James the greater, right? Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. we're Ryan and Ryan. We often argue who's Ryan the greater, who's Ryan the less, right? I'm
0: the lesser because <laughs> I'm, I'm going to be higher in heaven because of it. <laughs> okay, see, that's – that's Yeah, isn't I'm that going to get a seat a little bit higher up in the stands, closer okay. to the Isn't that father? what John and
1: James argued? Who's going to sit you – know? I think it was their mom. Right, was it?
0: Well, now there's an
2: argument between
1: you two. Right.
2: This is yeah. perfect. Yeah, Keep, no. going. Yeah, Keep we're going. We're <laughs> sons, sons
1: of thunder here. <laughs> so uh, one of the Spanish traditions is that uh, one of the things that they call the actual Milky Way, you know, the, the band of um, stars. interstellar dust and stars in the sky that we see at night, and sometimes they'll call that the Compostela. And that they would say that's all the dust being kicked up from all the riding going up into the sky and creating that cloud of dust. Oh, how cool. Yeah, isn't that cool?
0: Yeah. I was thinking the candy bar, because like you're you're hungry, yeah. You know, and That's, it, I had a payday bar on the way here.
1: It made me feel so good. <laughs> yeah, you were you were you were father hungry. I was father hangry yeah. this morning. So I'm sorry, guys. Yeah, right. <laughs> I'm sorry. I, we forgive you. <laughs> <laughs> now another thing that the Compostello helped really um, develop was the idea of hospitals, right? Mm. So you know, and I'm sure you have your route somewhat planned out, that there's stops along the way because there's only so far a person can walk in a day and they need a series of stops to give them respite from all their walking. Yeah. Um, and the church made sure that there's places for people to get medical attention. So there they they were hospices. And that's part of the way that hospitals developed. Mm-hmm. So people mm. along the way, if they were ha- if they need medical attention or I'm sure you're gonna get blisters because you're a tenderfoot, yeah. take care of your feet, Scented get you some, food. some
0: feet. And you're gonna be crying, so you should bring hankies. Oh Yeah. <laughs>
1: Plenty of hankies. Make sure
0: they have the, the seashell on them,
2: like the symbol of St. James. I heard that if you put Vaseline on your feet,
1: that helps, apparently. Isn't that the same thing from Of Mice and Men? Oh really? Yeah, where he kept the one hand, uh, a glove full of Vaseline. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you've never read a Mice is in that, that? movie? Yeah, a, is that a movie? Is, that a, is, it? A mice is in there a yeah, picture there? Yeah, there's a picture book. I'll get okay. you the color book. <laughs> uh-huh. So yeah, hospitals, um, one of the reasons that hospitals developed was from the idea of the hospice, a, a place for travelers and pilgrims hmm. that they can get food and attention that they needed. Hmm. So that helped develop the hospital system in the West, which is another wow. cool thing. Pretty cool. Very cool. Oh, where where are we spitale. going next? So, I got my passport. Now this one, now you've been there. Yeah. All right. And we are going to, I think, now this, I have not been there and I really want to go there. And that is the Holy Sepulcher. Oh, yeah. you've never been. I have not been. Oh, dude. I went um, changes with your my life wife yeah. for our yeah. 10th
0: anniversary and we didn't take a tour bus or anything like mm-hmm. that. We wanted to kind of. Free range chickens. Yeah. yeah. And mm-hmm. um, and we met a priest there because it was so crowded and so loud. It, was, it wasn't was very, I mean, it, it could have been prayerful, but we're just like, man, this is a little different than what mm-hmm. we thought. And this priest came up to us and he's like, "Hey, you know, if you come here at like four in the morning, you know, you you can pray it up." And it was a beautiful experience. We woke up really early. That's the way there. to do it. Yeah, yeah. That tomb. is totally
2: the way to do it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's empty and it's cold mm-hmm. and you walk in and it's dark. And it's it's quiet. It's not like this. It's the best time to pray there.
0: Yeah, it's not like this
2: beautiful Mm -hmm. church. It's just this very holy place. But I found during the day when it's super packed, I would go downstairs where St. Helen discovered the cross, the true cross. Mm -hmm. And that area isn't as much. It's not trafficked as much. And it's a really neat place to just go down, down those stairs and just find a nice little corner, sit down. Just really meditate and pray. Maybe
1: for
0: some of the listeners that don't know what the Holy
1: Sepulchre is. So the Holy Sepulchre, it is Mm -hmm. the the church that houses and is built on the spot of the tomb of Christ. Mm -hmm. And it also covers Golgotha. Mm -hmm. So it's a pretty big church. Yeah. And inside of it is the anointing stone where after the Lord's death he was um, anointed and prepared for burial. And that's the spot of the resurrection. That is... And the these, crucifixion. And the crucifixion. All in one church. That church really houses our salvation. Right. And it, it's just... It's, Everything we're about is yes. in that is in that mm-hmm. building. Yeah, you know, there's some really church. interesting things about that church. I, I, I know you've... I told you some of these to keep your eye out for them when yeah. you went there. Um, but that's one of the few really holy sites in the world that is not controlled by any one um, right or denomination. There's... There's Armenians, there's right. um, Coptics, there's Catholics, mm-hmm. there's uh, Eastern Orthodox, and they all have a very delicate balance of rights. Mm-hmm. And interestingly, one very of the... Very delicate. Very delicate. Mm-hmm. I mean, it is like you are not allowed to take one step here after this moment. Like right. There's there's, there's a, a ladder that's like stuck.
0: It's just mm-hmm. they, they don't move it because there's an argument over it. Yeah, there's so un- like
1: 150 years ago, some workmen were doing repairs on the roof of the Holy Sepulchre, And they've left this ladder behind. But because they don't want to upset the balance of who's allowed to make maintenance um, issues or do maintenance to the church because that would give an imbalance to one other group— that ladder has been sitting there for 150 years. Mm -hmm. It's crazy. It is. Mm -hmm.
0: And I, and I saw some of the liturgies there from, I believe it was the Byzantine, Mm right? On the, 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 the burial stone. Mm -hmm. Right. And they did this, I mean, they're just coming in with the thoroughfare and incense and they're just like raging. Oh "Oh, yeah, yeah, man. And and then like right at the end, they all just like swarm Mm -hmm. on the, on the stone. And I'm like, as a Roman, right?
1: Catholic, I'm just like, that was intense,
0: Mm -hmm. you know? Mm -hmm. (laughs) Oh
1: yeah. Yeah. And I mean, and, Tensions boil over a lot. I mean, there has been, I mean, as recently as five years ago, priests fist fighting. Throwing down. I mean, they are throwing, they're they're throwing fists, right? Oh, yeah. And that's why this is one of the greatest Catholic destinations.
0: (laughs) (laughs) You get front front (laughs) front row seats. Yeah, you can
1: take some side action. Yeah. I got the Armenians over the Coptics, right? all day, all day, all day, all day. every yeah, but day. You don't want to roll out those Coptics, man. They could throw fists too. Yeah, yeah. That's that's a beautiful Holy Land. Is talk about a, a royal rumble, Maybe. huh? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I, I just it's so central to it is the central place where mm-hmm. our of salvation. Mm-hmm. I mean, the whole yeah. design of and the arc of history culminates there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So uh, that's one place that if if in your lifetime. If you're going to pick anywhere to go, that's the spot, I would say.
2: Mm -hmm. And when you walk into the place where Jesus resurrected, it's like a church within a church, you know? So you have to to duck down and then There's only like 15
0: people that can go in there for
2: Mass. Yeah, and you can only – like they'll give you time where you could just walk in by yourself or with like a small group, and then you just pray and you kneel down, and it's just so meditative. Definitely one of the most powerful places – in the world. So if you ever get a chance or you feel that call or inspiration to go on pilgrimage to the Holy Sepulcher and to Jerusalem, do not waste a single moment, clear your schedule and make it happen.
0: And maybe one day, you know, we, we can plan a trip there too. Yeah, that we'll would be some cool. of our yeah, take a audience, audience and stuff no, for like sure. And, and you, you know, cool. and this
1: is a good time to give a shout out to the Franciscans who the custodians of yeah. the Holy land, they really do so much to allow and create a climate where Uh, Pilgrims can go to the Holy Land, to the Church of the Holy Sepulchre, to the Church of the Transfiguration, to Mount Gethsemane, Mount of Olives, uh, Church of All Nations, and Church of the Coles. They have, um, all the way back since St. Francis, really got rights for Christians to go into Islamic-occupied Holy Land areas. They have been the custodians of these sites in the Holy Land. So, Big uh, shout-out. Big Mm -hmm. shout-out to them. You know, Maybe consider donating to them and and supporting that because that is... So incredibly important to the life of the Catholic Church. Yep. So true. Let's hop on the plane. Where we going next? <laughs> All right. So me and Ryan, we, you, you and I tried to go there, but didn't work out. Yeah. And that is the actual gates of hell, Ah. Saint Patrick's
2: Purgatory. Whoa. Oh, we're in Ireland. That's right. Yeah. I've always wanted to go there too, and I didn't get a chance to get there. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So Saint Patrick's Purgatory is it's on an island in um in in Ireland. Mm-hmm. And it's a it's like a retreat center. And mm-hmm. it's called the toughest retreat in the world. Yeah. There's it's four weekend, you go on a boat, you take your shoes off, it's cold, it's rainy, um, and you just don't, don't sleep. You don't sleep, can't sleep, can't sleep, you don't fast, eat. you don't fast. Eat. Mm-hmm. You yeah, walk in this big circle. Mm-hmm. Um, it is if if you are spiritually fit. This is going to kick your butt because mm, this yeah. is this is the real deal as far as a retreat goes. This What's is,
0: the name of the retreat, though? I mean, I know it's it's the Gates of Hell, but like, isn't
1: there like a name of the island or there's some like? So name I, I'm probably going to I'm probably going to mispronounce this because Irish is a little bit rough for me. But it's I, I the island, the lake is called Lough <laughs> I, I think I got <laughs> no, across. you got that's
2: that's exactly how you right. said. It.
1: And there's a tradition that Saint Patrick was shown a vision by Jesus of a cave on the island. And in this pit he was able to see by going into this cave, he was able to see into purgatory and in hell and have a vision. Mm-hmm. So they would consider that one they consider that the actual gateway into hell. Right. Mm-hmm. And that's more of like a tradition. But yeah. to this day there's still people going on pilgrimage there. Um and we tried to go, but it wasn't yeah. during season. They didn't allow anybody there. But mm-hmm. it's, uh, mm-hmm.
0: yeah. And and I've I've talked to a few people since then, just to kind of share that in a conversation. And and a couple of them have gone. I'm like, whoa, you've mm-hmm. been, you know. So mm-hmm. it's kind of like this gym, this little gym uh, in the church that uh, some people know about through word of mouth, mm-hmm. and and some have gone to. And and it's not, it's not. It is it is h- hardcore penance. Yeah, like, I'm, I met straight, one person right? who
1: actually did it, and they said. By the end we were just completely wasted and we got the second we got off the boat we just started cry, we couldn't eat again still because our fast still had to last until midnight and oh, they waited man. outside of a restaurant for 1201 and just destroyed food. That's awesome. Whoa. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah, I, I don't
2: think I've ever met anybody that that did the yeah. St. Patrick's purgatory experience.
1: Yeah, it's known as the toughest toughest pilgrimage in mm. all of Christendom. Huh. You have to be really really tough to do it. Mm. Yeah. So, that's a cool one. Yeah, that that's is a cool. very and cool. And I regret one. that we didn't get to go there, but maybe next time we will. I don't mm. know, man. Oh, don't what's a the to total
2: fun? amount of time again? The, a weekend. Just a that's weekend, a week, right? Yeah. yeah okay. Yeah. But
1: I I think there's like a no 2-day and a 3-day one. Yeah, wow. No All sleep. Right. I need my sleep. You do. <laughs> you know. And there's not much sleep. <laughs> I'll never forget it. I mean, I got I
0: got 6 kids, small kids, so like <laughs> believe me, I've yeah. Yeah, you yeah, you need
2: your sleep. But um, when I went to Ave Maria, we had nocturnal adoration on Thursday nights. So that was adoration all all throughout the night, and then you selected your hour or whatever. So yeah. I did the 3 a.m. hour. So I'm going in there, and a buddy of mine, I'll, I'll, I won't say his name, <laughs> but he was before me. And I walked in this one night, and he had three chairs put together before the Blessed Sacrament. And he was in the fetal position on those three chairs just snoozing, dude. Holy (laughs) nap. So it's not like you're just sitting in the chair just, like, knocked out. (laughs) It's like you're in the fetal (laughs) position, dude. Oh, I gave him such a hard time. That's cool.
0: All right, so where are we going next? (laughs) (laughs) Okay.
1: I just flew in, man. My arms are tired. (laughs) Was that a hawk, an eagle? Was that like more, a, more of like yeah, an African swallow? A exactly. hybrid hawk eagle, Hum-over, you know, rage mixed in there. <laughs> so no, we're going to go to the largest Catholic church in the world. Mm-hmm. Where do you think that is? Um, Saint Peter's, the Vatican. That's
2: not true, and that's They're, what most people would think. Well, if there's a there's a requirement, isn't there a requirement that every church constructed has to be technically smaller than St. Peter's Basilica?
1: There is no, but here there's there's technicalities and everything. Yeah, because so, there's
2: that humongous church in Lichan, Poland, and and they you know absolutely made it
1: just a little bit smaller yeah. in some like little variation or whatever. Exactly. What I mean. But cool. now St. Peter's mm-hmm. is the largest church in the world. Like, it accommodates sixty thousand people, mm-hmm. and its interior size. Interiorly, it is the biggest church in the world. But by footprint, by going around the you know, circumference and diameter of the building, mm-hmm. the largest Catholic church in the world is in Ivory Coast, Africa.
0: What? Yes. Whoa.
1: Mind blown. Boom. Yeah, Yamasukoro is, is the city and it is the Basilica of Our Lady of Peace. It oh. is the largest Catholic church in the entire world. It was built in the eighties and consecrated by Pope Saint John and Paul II built in, in the eighties. Wow, it's beautiful. Is it really? It's almost wow. the exact it copy like Saint of Peter's. Saint Peter's. It even has like the square with the arms, like the Bernini columns oh, oh, and my everything. Gosh. This is the first time I've ever heard about wow, this. It's yeah, gorgeous. So man. its footprint is thirty thousand square meters, or thirty two, three hundred twenty thousand square feet. Oh, Guinness wow. Book of World Records listed as the largest church in the world. Now, less people going to fit inside of it. And it also includes, you know, some of the um, the rectory and the residences Mm -hmm. inside of its footprint because it's one building. But that's what makes it the largest Catholic church in the world. Yeah, we need to post
0: these pictures. Oh, we're going to. it is absolutely. It's just mind blowing. It it looks just like the Vatican. Yeah, Mm -hmm. it's
1: a key. It's shaped as a key. Yeah, wow. So I I think one of the things that, that having the largest Catholic church in the world in Africa really does show. Where demographically the future of the Catholic Church is, I mean, with declining population rates in, you know, Europe, certainly, but even in North America and even in South America, um, there – I would imagine that for our children, Ryan – that and their children. Our children's children. Our children's children. The children's
2: children's children. That
1: they're they're gonna view priests from Africa like our grandparents viewed priests from Ireland. Ireland. Yeah. You know, they are really oh, yeah. gonna be the missionary priests from mm-hmm. there and from Southeast Asia. That's that is demographically, and I would even say spiritually, where the future of the church is going is I, the global south.
2: I would completely agree. I, I live in a parish that is so culturally diverse. And we have members in our parish from many different countries in Africa. But, you know, living with Father Peter Akinotiko, who's Nigerian himself and a missionary, um, you know, to our our country and to the diocese where I'm at, um, you know, I've learned a lot from him. But just even participating in some of the liturgies you know the spirituality of their liturgies and how they can last 2 3 hours in their true celebrations where people aren't looking at their watch and then writing letters to their priest that the mass went over an hour right. or the homily was over 12 minutes you or you probably get that you know, a lot oh yeah it happens all the time especially <laughs> See, when i was at saint elizabeth i mean i
1: got letters all the father rich there is a fine line between a long homily and a hostage situation <laughs> 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 and i think you step over that line you are a habitual line stepper <laughs> what? No, I if it's consistent right that is just
2: it's a consistent thing right yeah <laughs> no but it's it's true like the the fact that they can come together and they're just so receptive and in certain communities even where I've preached like a 20 minute homily they're like why'd you just cheap and like, we want more, we want more, you know, Mm -hmm. preach more to us. So it's, it's a totally different culture and they're living and breathing it. So I'm, I'm very, very impressed with the spirituality. There's
0: there's something to be said for poverty too, like uh, Mm -hmm. physical material poverty. Um, When we got all those Irish priests, they were in a very deep depression over there.
2: It's proven
0: statistically that impoverished countries, they go through a vocation
1: boom whenever whenever there's a a bunch of reasons for it. but I think Mm -hmm. because when you are impoverished and you're looking for meaning in your life and you don't have all these distractions to fulfill you or attempt to fulfill Mm -hmm. you. Mm -hmm. uh, Stimulate you. Mm -hmm. The church is really easily able to answer those questions that people who are suffering, right? Mm -hmm. That's where the church... It just excels in evangelization. Mm -hmm. And that's where God meets us the strongest, is in our suffering. is in our suffering and our weakness. Now, in the year 1900, there was about two to three million Catholics in the entire continent of Africa, Mm -hmm. okay? Now, today... There's 200 million Catholics in Africa, baby. Now, if you oh. continue that trend by the year 2050, there's going to be 460 million Catholics living in the continent of Africa. Wow, that is more Catholics for perspective mm-hmm. than the entire world during the Second Vatican Council. Who, mama? That wow. is how powerful the Church in Africa is going to be. Mm. That's great. Yeah. Thank God we have a, they're awesome. Well, thank God we have a, a
2: Vatican, a replica of the Vatican in the right? Ivory Coast. Yeah.
0: Are we standing? talking another Avignon here?
1: <laughs> no, no, there. But I, I, you know, and another thing is, I really do think that we are going to see in our lifetime a a pope from Africa, I and wait. I can't wait. I Surah. can't wait, man. Uh, Suraj, is amazing. He's, yeah, he's I, if, amazing. He, if if if, mm-hmm. if he long live Pope Francis, yeah. but if we get Cardinal Serraz as a pope, I would be wow. It'd yeah. be an extraordinarily, uh, yeah, I think great thing for Amen the church. To that. Now, so where are we going next? We are going on a jet plane. Oh no.
2: Don't, Don't know me. when I'll be back again. Okay, you, you good? Yeah,
1: yeah, I got to get it okay. out of my system. All right, that's fine. That's cool. I get it. <laughs> so, we are going to in the Czech Republic, a Catholic church made out of bones. bones, human bones. That's crazy. Well, we're Catholics, man. We do crazy
0: things like that. Are they like bones bones or are they ground up and made into mortar? They're bones, bones. Okay. Yeah.
1: Keep it weird, Catholic Church. Yeah, That's keep it weird. <laughs> for any well, of actually, you non Catholics who listen to our show, all the things that you heard about us Catholics being weird, we're about to confirm for you. <laughs> it's true. It's all true. <laughs> all of it. <laughs> so, okay. In the 1400s, a uh, a monk from um, the Czech Republic. Uh, Czech Republic. It wasn't <laughs> the Czech, Republic then. It wasn't <laughs> the Czech <laughs> Republic then. So he went on a pilgrimage like we were talking Mm -hmm. about, to Jerusalem. And he brought with him dirt from Golgotha, from the point where Jesus was crucified. Yeah. And he spread it over the whole grounds of this little church, right? The Sedlec um, Chapel. Mm -hmm. So because of that, everyone wanted to have that connection to the crucifixion. And it became a really, really desirable place for people to want to be buried. Mm Mm-hmm. So as more and more people requested to be buried there, the church had to continually expand to the point where there is almost 70,000 people buried in this small, relatively small church. Mm-hmm. So as they keep on expanding, they're having to move graves, and it becomes almost an untenable situation. So the solution they came up with, so that the people can continue to be buried there in part of the church, but without... Um, tre- without basically disposing of all the thousands and thousands of people's buried there was to use the bones as the decorations of the church. Hmm. You know what I love? That's, I, I think it was around the black plague, right? It was. It,
2: so the, the art and culture and architecture around that time really focused on, you know, remembering our death, like yeah. that memento more, you yeah. know, like, so the sense of what that means, even in, the liturgy, we have a commemoration of the dead in every single mass that we celebrate. And it's important to remember one's mortality and one's death. And this is where I I get a little frustrated with where the church went in, you know, after Vatican II as as well, like late 20th century, where they're building churches, but they're not having cemeteries associated with them
1: anymore. It doesn't make any sense. It
2: doesn't make any sense because that is one of the most important things that we need to ever keep in our minds is our... Own death, because as the mystics explain, that is where we draw perspective of how we're living today. Yeah, and and remember your death.
0: Yeah, that's that's a very important thing. Yep. And so you can remember it in ways that are like right up in your face. <laughs> yeah, when you go
2: when you go to, when you go to that church, it's pretty hard
0: not to yeah, realize. It's like, pretty. You will never forget that. After yeah. going is there. So, another church in Rome that has. Uh, well, so there's a few. There's a lot of multiple. No. Like no. this is this is insane. Do so, for
1: example, some of the things they have is a. I think this is kind of the center piece. Is a a, ch- a uh, chandelier, and this chandelier is constructed of thousands of bones, but it contains at least one of every single bone that makes it the human body, even like the oh tiny, my gosh, even dude. like the tiny, the, the what is it, the cochlea in your inner ear, like the tiny, tiny. They put sp- a cochlea in there. They yeah, did. yeah, it's a cochlea. It's Go- like the, the sacrum. <laughs> No, it's, <laughs> not, it's in your ear. I just said that. No, I was... Uh, Once again, you're not
0: listening. It's a phonetical yeah. thing. I, I, you lose your phone. You lose your, oh, your phone. Give me the phone. Oh, you lose gosh. your phone. I got nothing. Do you have anything
1: else? Computer. A computer. Airplane mode. <laughs> Airplane mode. You can get them back after the show. Jeez. <laughs> next man, time you bring them in, trouble. I need a note from your mom saying you're allowed to have that. Ryan Delacroix is in trouble. Mommy. So they have that chandelier. They have monstroses. They have... Uh, drapery, even the coat of arms of the the uh, patronal family who funded this church is made out of bones. Mm. Even the signature of the architect is made and kind of written out of bones. <sighs> wow. it's, it's just a really crazy place. I um, wonder if it's the the architect and the designer, is it his bones? Uh, like I, I think died, that, would be cool. that would be He's cool. He's like, ah, oh, man. Oh, man, if I just had one more finger bone, where'd Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. Yes. All right. I could do without this
0: bone. I don't think it works like that, no. His finger's all flabbing. Like.
1: <laughs> you take the bone out. Yeah, it's... Yeah. Yeah, it's and flabby, just leave the skin...
2: Flabby finger. Touch the... F- that's that's crazy. That's, that's just, just that's sorry, sorry guys.
1: So yeah, but it, it's a it's a crazy church. I mean, this is completely decorated with the bones of almost seventy thousand different people. Mm-hmm. And and then this is not like a sacrilegious or a a mistreatment of no. these bones. This is exactly what these people who were buried there wanted to be. But and at, even after they started designing it with the bones, people would request, "I want my bones here because I want to be part of the church fundamentally. I want the all the masses celebrated here." In perpetuity, to remember me, to mm-hmm. pray for me um, and for my salvation, and also to be close again to that dirt of Golgotha, mm-hmm. to that, that, that very earthly reminder of the uh, sacrifice of our Lord. I love saying that word. Perpetuity. 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 No, I I, I, named I told my, uh, so, my son perpetuity. Is that his middle name? One <laughs> of his Joseph Perpetuity. <laughs> Delacross. Perpetuity non tuity. We pray, we pray every
0: mass, there's bones on the altar. So there I mean, is, like that's, that's a requirement in canon law. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but there's mm-hmm. bones of saints. But I mean, you know, we're we've always been very connected in our liturgy mm-hmm. to the dead. Yeah, For sure. So I mean it's it's kind of uh, you know, blown up here, but you know, I'm very privileged at my parish to have the bones of St. Anthony of Padua
2: nice. in, the, in the altar, which is really cool. I always tell my kids that I had it in high school at St. Joseph Academy when I was a newly ordained priest, I would take them out to the mission grounds and we would celebrate mass out there where the chapel of Our Lady of La Leche is in St. Augustine, Florida. So if you're looking for a pilgrimage, make sure that you come down and check out the first parish and the first national shrine of Our Lady out there at 27 Ocean Avenue in St. Augustine, Florida. It's, you don't want to miss it. It's a very powerful place of prayer. But I used to take them out there all the time and we'd be chatting it up and whatever and I'm like, look, when I die guys, I want you to sneak me out here at night because there's a burial ground out there mm-hmm. in the mission grounds and I want you to just dig a hole and put me in it. That's it. You know, that's where that's really where I want to be buried. Yeah, but they, they stopped allowing people getting, you know, getting buried out there a long time ago. Now the cops are going to show up to your door
1: when you get back to Florida. That's, oh, that's probably yeah, true. Yeah yeah. 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 Oh crap, I didn't <laughs> put this out there. It's true. <laughs> so the next place we're going to go is this is one that's pretty contentious. Mm-hmm. Now, I would say that right now it's at St. Peter's. I mean, that is that is the main Catholic Church of the world. That mm-hmm. is the 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 heart liturgically of the world. It's a must. But I think there was one that for the most of the history of Christianity really was if it, if St. Peter's could have a rival, it was the Hagia Sophia. Mm-hmm. And the Hagia Sophia was essentially the Vatican of the East. Constantinople. It was. Mm-hmm. I mean, Which it, is now what, it's like a it's like a mosque, right? No, it's, you know, it's yeah. actually, so what happened was the Hagia Sophia was built by Justinian in the 5th century. Wow. And it was, when he completed it, he said, uh, Solomon, I have vanquished thee, because he his goal was to build the greatest church in all of the world, in all of the history. And he was saying, this new church was greater than the temple. Mm-hmm. So it was the center of Christianity for thousands of years. I mean... There was many times in the history of Christianity where the Hagia Sophia was a much, much more important church than the Vatican. Vatican yeah. It really mm-hmm. was. Um, so this this church was the center of Christianity in the East forever. But then uh, with the fall of Constantinople in, in I believe, 1453, um, it was converted when um, it was overtaken by the Turkish yep. Ottomans. Ottomans, yeah. yeah. And that is a massive loss. I mean, could you imagine if the Vatican tomorrow was, I don't know, a Jehovah's Witness temple? Like, all of a sudden, it's like, what? This makes yeah. no sense. Yeah, that's mm. crazy. Yeah. But I think, you know, but Istanbul, Constantinople, it is a really, really crazy, awesome place to visit. I've never met anyone who's went there who hasn't had amazing things to say about it. Huh. Um it's just a really lively city full of history and today the hagia sophia is not a mosque anymore they they stopped using it as a mosque and now it is a non non, non it's a museum right it's yeah. it's just a museum historical now.
0: building yeah, yeah. that's mm. cool i don't i don't really feel a desire to go there but
1: no I do. I'd like to go. What does it mean? Hagia. Divine wisdom. Divine Mm -hmm. wisdom. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So the, but I mean, this is the place where if you would believe almost everything in history, this is where the true church, uh, the true cross was. This is where the Holy, um, the shroud of Turin was originally. Hmm. So after the fall of Constantinople, all these Holy relics kind of made an exodus from this spot, but this was, this Was the premier church in yeah, the world mm-hmm. and it was converted into a mosque. It was hot, <laughs> it was hot, <laughs> it was hot, man. The hot Hagia Sophia, yeah, man. back in the day. It's hot, yeah, it was the largest church in the world mm-hmm. for 1500 well, for a thousand years. Mm. Wow, and um, I think it's a real loss for Christianity, yeah, yeah. So it always breaks my heart, it man. does. I, I look at it and I'm just, I, I, I. I I can't imagine the amount of liturgies that happened mm-hmm. there. And the Hagia Sophia actually for about 50 years was actually a Catholic church. Mm-hmm.
2: And how wow. many saints celebrated so, yeah. Mass in there.
1: Yeah. You know,
2: I, it just breaks my heart, though, because I, I did the Camino del— um, the what is it, the Camino del Rey? or The Camino—I'm mm. Camino, sorry, Camino Royale, Royale. Um, for California. And the last mission sent St. Uh, Raphael. Mm-hmm. Um went in there and it's it's a museum and there's a few th- along the way that are just kind of treated like a museum and no masses are being celebrated so, in there anymore. It
1: just yes. breaks my heart. Terrible. Yeah, it is. Terrible. Terrible. So where are
2: we going next?
1: All right. So we're gonna do a rapid fire one. Okay. Right? We are going to tell you. It's the lightning round. Now this is this <laughs> is um this is a 12-day trip, right? So I mean if you're not going on a long pilgrimage and you want to go to a you want to go to a place with a lot of stops, we're gonna take you to all the churches where the bones of each apostle is buried. Oh, I like it. Cool. All right. So we all know where St. Peter is buried. Where mm-hmm. is he buried? Underneath Saint, the Vatican. Yeah. St. Peter. Literally Saint right Peter's. underneath the baldacchino and main altar. Upon <laughs> this church, yeah. upon this rock, I will build my church. Mm-hmm. And I mean, Quite literally. the Vatican is built directly over the bones of St. Peter. And so we all was, know that.
0: And it was somewhat coincidental mm-hmm. because they found them. They discovered them. But it wasn't
1: coincidental. They built the church on that spot. But right. Because but they, they didn't knew know his, exactly where right. his bones were. Right. But they knew it was on top yeah, of that. It was, I mean, there had been multiple churches and stuff, mm-hmm. but they mm-hmm. rediscovered the bones inside the church gotcha. in the mm-hmm. 30s or so. Mm-hmm. So St. Paul, mm-hmm. you've been to this church. We yes. talked about this last mm-hmm. night. He's, bur- he's buried in the Basilica of St. Paul outside, outside the walls. walls. mm mm-hmm. All right. In Rome. In and Rome. when
2: you when you go visit that, just a side trip, go to Tre Fontana, where his where he was decapitated and where his head hit the ground, three fountains of water. So each she time his head bounced, the ground, yeah, Water. What? Yeah, it's powerful. And when you're walking around there, it's like there's a eerie silence, just like powerful, oh. pervading silence. Can't believe I yeah. missed that when I was there. Oh to
1: dude, Rome. it's and a lot of people miss that actually. Mm. So St. Matthew, mm-hmm. he is buried in the church. Uh, the Cathedral Church of Matthew the Apostle in Salerno, Italy.
0: Mm, interesting. Mm-hmm.
1: Now, St. James the Greater, we've I already talked about him. Salerno. Mm-hmm. We already mm-hmm. talked about him. He's buried in the Cathedral of Santiago de Compostela so, mm-hmm. in uh, Gallica.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Gal- is that what it is? Gaeta. Ga- I think it's in Gaeta. Yeah, it's it? Spanish, like yeah. the northern. Sp- yeah, it mm-hmm. could be a little bit different. Baroque. Okay. <laughs> so, St. James the Less, yeah. the Lesser, and St. Philip. They are buried in the Church of the Twelve Holy Apostles in Rome also. Yeah, yeah. Wow. A lot of these are in Rome. Um, St. Bartholomew, he is buried in the Basilica of St. Bartholomew on the island in Rome. Uh, St. Andrew, he is buried in the Cathedral of St. Andrew in Amalfi, Italy. Mm-hmm. That's a really cool church. That Did you get is, to visit that? Th- it's, no, a, this, I've never it's, been to the coast. Oh, you've never been to that coast? Yeah.
2: Oh, it's so beautiful. Huge though.
1: stairs, and it's almost got an Eastern, mm-hmm. like Byzantine-type mm-hmm. influence. Uh, very, very cool. Um, St. Simon the Zealot and St. Jude, they are under, and now under the altar of St. Joseph in the left transept of the Basilica of St. Peter mm-hmm. in Rome, so mm-hmm. at the Vatican. St. Thomas, you were there. I have Chennai, India. In Chennai, India. The wow. Basilica wow. The of the Shrine, yeah. yeah. Wow,
2: and, and there's, a, there's a cave where he prayed that's really cool mm. to visit, and uh, St. Thomas Mount, which is a beautiful hike that you could pray the Stations of the Cross all the way up and have a, an overview of Chennai, yeah. just beautiful places devotionally. And there's such strong faith yeah. in, in India throughout, but certainly in, in the region of Chennai. Yeah. The Salesians have done a lot of work there mm-hmm. in, uh, in yeah. Southeast Chennai.
0: Yeah. And now I was just thinking, like, you know, for some of the listeners that may not have you know, prayed near bones, or this is just kind of blowing your mind, but there is a lot of grace. I mean, we've we've been to, I've prayed um, at Pope St. John Paul II's tomb, and and I'm telling you, man, like this is, there's just so much grace Mm -hmm. flooded there. And then uh, we went to Conchita Cabrera, who's being canonized here soon. In May. Right. So, um, you know, it's just one of those things where, it's just a, it's a devotional. It's not like you mm-hmm. know something that we have to do, but there, there is a connection mm-hmm. to to the the dead, especially saints. There, there really is. I can't tell you how many times that I was in
2: Rome, where I was visiting the tomb of JP two before he was beatified or canonized, and just overwhelmed with the tears of, of yeah. you know, God's mercy, and, you know, I just poured out so much inside, yeah. you know, and, and just received so much. Yeah. Um, it's true. It's very, it's very true. true. There's a lot of grace there. So right. go see
1: some bones. So continuing, St. <laughs> Matthias, mm-hmm. you know, he is the uh, add-on. <laughs> the add-on. <laughs> the add-on. That's so... That's so demeaning. <laughs> that's <diminutive. just> tax <laughs> yeah, yeah, sorry. No, I mean, St. Matthias, I think, his most important mm-hmm. contribution, because not a ton is known about him, but his most important contribution was the idea of apostolic succession. That mm-hmm. is clearly defined apostolic succession through his elevation uh, to replace Judas the traitor, mm-hmm. and that's a very important thing that our tradition and our church is built on. Now, St. Matthias is built in the abbey of St. Matthias in Trier, Germany. Mm-hmm. So he's outside of Italy. What I, what I love about
2: Matthias is the, the fact that he was there from the very beginning. You know, he was he He's was one of the 70. He was one of the 70. So he was there and he experienced a lot. And I just always in these gospel accounts and these stories. And, and you know, I always picture Matthias there being so receptive to Jesus's ministry and really taking up leadership and, uh, and being a part of the commissioning.
0: What is this seventy? Is this like you know spring training baseball and you get the 40-man it's expanded roster? roster? Expanded roster. I mean, what
1: is that? I've never heard that before. And the what starting are you referring the to? starting
0: team, the starting team.
1: So no, the seventy were. I mean, he, when Jesus gave the great commission, sending him out two by two, the uh-huh. seventy were. I, I mean, it was his entourage. That was his followers. It wasn't oh, just twelve I, I, people I, but that I've followed him. I've never heard him. that before. It's in the it's in the it's gospel. scripture. Yeah, okay. oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. For yeah. Sure. I mean, okay. and there's a lot of them, like. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. yeah, there's Just a like whole no, list of them. I, I, it's yeah, really amazing. I get it. I get it. Mm-hmm. I get it. Um, you know what I don't know I can't remember offhand is who Matthias was chosen over.
2: This is a very special moment in the show. This is the first time that Ryan
0: Shill has ever said anything like that. That he doesn't know. <laughs> that he doesn't know. And do do you know? Because
1: that that <laughs> would be like That uh, would be wonderful. Yeah. Do you know? No, oh, I don't know. Of, of, no. course
0: not. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> of
1: course not. <laughs> so Axe Axe says it was actually Joseph called Barsabbas, who is possibly the same person as Barnabas. Ah so it was, you know, that that last uh, roster spot came down to <laughs> Matthias and Barnabas and Matthias is uh, he won out. Mm-hmm. And then the the last apostle is buried in the ruins of the Basilica of St. John in Ephesus, Turkey. Mm. Or is he? That's the question. Because, I mean, really... They don't know where his bones are. They don't know where his bones are. Now traditionally that's where they were buried.
2: And I love that though in relationship to the gospel where where Jesus is like,
1: Well, what is that to you, Peter? If I want him to stick around until I come back until I come back, you know. I mean, there's traditions that St. John actually did not die and he's still living in a cave in Ah, Ephesus. No, there is. Uh, But uh, if you if you're you know, if if you're listening out there, Saint John, dude, I would
2: love to come meet you, man, because <laughs> this is absurd right now.
1: <laughs> I I name my son John. My grandfather was John. Yeah. John is my confirmation name. Mm-hmm. Saint John is that is mine. That's my boy. Yeah, and uh, I feel the same way. Yeah. So that's that's, cool. that's where
2: they're all buried. Near the unicorn on my chalice, I have an image of St. John on the, on the what chalice.
0: What
1: don't you have on this chalice? <laughs> Near the unicorn, if you take a left from the picture of the Honda Civic, <laughs> Spinning, and then a little bit below the toaster, right, just underneath my my fishing harpoon is St. John. Like, do you have like every you know image of the world? fishing
0: harpoon on there?
1: Because I, I just I know you, Father. I know you. We're boys. I know how you work. We're gonna have to
0: take a picture of his chalice and yeah. post it
2: again. <laughs> kids, kids at San Juan del Rio, Father Tetlow's parish, Father John Tetlow, yep. um, at his parish are like, Father, you actually have a unicorn on your on your
1: chalice. I'm like, Yep. yep. We got to bring that in for an episode. Mm-hmm. Oh, we do. Yeah, I'll, I'll bring it. I'll bring it. So I think that's look. That's the end of the road for this trip, right? Cool. That was now, a good show. I like that. Now before we leave you are getting an inquisition. Oh lordy. We're we take go. it easy on you because we know that you're going to be struggling mightily and we know how just what a delicate uh delicate flower you are it's and fragile. how much maintenance you need it's to be fragile. Happy. Gile. You are fragile. Gile. So are you prepared for the Via Compostello? Am I prepared? Yes. That's <laughs> your question is how are you preparing for the Via? I,
2: you know what? I am uh I am – the way that I live my life, it's just I wake up and I'm just as spontaneous as can be. So I know it'll probably be like wake up the day of my flight <laughs> and just like yeah. throw everything together. You're
0: in together for travel. Free. That's It's kind of like no, how no. we
1: prepare for the talk show. What yeah. i <laughs> <laughs> No, how – you well, was prepared for the talk show, I, <laughs> listeners. I am meticulously prepared. These two roll out of bed. Right <laughs> let's talk. Do you guys want to talk? You
2: want to talk? Hey, that's no, hey no, no, cool. Let's just hey talk, Ryan.
1: Ryan. You just bring up things and we'll talk. That's like, yeah. Bruh.
2: The um, no, but I, I was thinking about walking barefoot. You know? Ooh, you're gonna get some. But those pink feet. Yeah, I know, but I've got to. I've got to somehow
1: like build up calluses. I've got sensitive feet, guys. Oh there was a baseball player, I, Moises Alou, and yeah. he never wore batting gloves. And you know how he built up calluses on his hand? How? Huh. And this is an old baseball trick. you would pee on him.
0: What? You want me to pee on my feet? Right. I look. If you don't want to get blisters,
1: man, I thought just talk it was to just Moises Alou. Fish.
0: <laughs> I thought it was just to heal jellyfish. You yeah, the right stain, Yeah, when you. Yeah.
1: No, Moises yeah. Alou and a bunch of other baseball players would pee on their hands. That's so just that, gross, man. I, 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 and so now we're leaving. Whatever all it takes, the listeners man. Well, break that. down
0: the science for me, Shield.
2: No, like, please. I don't, don't. think it's. <laughs> no, I don't think don't. it's
1: scientific.
0: Yeah,
2: but if you want to try it, <laughs> I'm not trying it, dude. Free. That's gross. So are you prepared? Are you I'll ready? Just, so I'll just put Vaseline on my feet. There you go. Give it a shot. You're that's that's it. No, I, I, um, I really spiritually wise. Like I've really been spending time trying to get to know Saint James and and really pray through his intercession and really develop that that kinship. And something that I experienced in prayer recently is um, just this, this sense of on the road, I'm going to visit a chapel where I'm just going to unload a lot of the, the burdens of my own, own life and stuff. And that's what I'm really looking forward to. And, and um, pilgrimage is a really special thing, a special thing in the spiritual life. And it's always the reset button for me. Yeah. You know, and you really can't, prepare for it you just respond like when you're when you're invited you go and you're gonna have strength to be able to do it so I'm not worried about like going out and you know jogging and should walk in and like walking 13 P90 miles 15 feet. peeing on my feet I see. Rocky he
1: You like two eyes I'm going on a pilgrimage yeah so I guess there's two corollary questions then well number one will you share make sure you share videos and pictures with our audience and then would you carry our prayers and the prayers of our listeners oh
2: absolutely yeah Absolutely. No, that would be a joy to do that. So if you, you know, if you have any prayers that that you want to submit, send us a message and I will definitely, uh, definitely be praying along the way for all of our listeners and their families.
0: Great man. Well, for it's sure. been a great episode. Um, uh, I'm glad you guys got to talk to me. No, <laughs> <laughs> we're so blessed. Well,
1: Jesus, thank uh, you every morning for allowing me to wake up and talk to Ryan <laughs> <laughs> Well,
0: thanks for listening today, guys. Um, here from the U Catholic Studio in, in Houston. Uh, you guys want to say goodbye? Well, goodbye. Goodbye. <laughs> bye, bye. Peace. Later.